global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks are rising, trimming the S&P 500's weekly decline as a rally in crude prices boosted energy producers. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. The S&P 500 is up six-tenths percent or 12 points to 2054. Dow Jones Industrial Average up six-tenths percent or 109 points to 17,651. The Nasdaq's up half percent or 25 points to 48.73. Ten-year Treasury down 7.30 seconds. The yield 1.7 one percent. The yield on the two-year, 0.70 percent. NYMEX crude oil up 5.3 percent, or a dollar ninety-eight to 39.24 a barrel. COMEX gold is up two tenths percent, or two dollars twenty cents to 12.39.70 an ounce. The euro, a dollar thirteen ninety. The yen, one hundred eight point six two. Federal Reserve Bank of New York President William Dudley says uncertainty over the outlook for the U.S. economy is higher than usual, which calls for a cautious and gradual approach to interest rate increases. Dudley spoke in a speech in Connecticut. Citigroup's head of equity trading, Derek Van Dien, will leave after almost eight years at the firm. And Oak Bay Resources and Energy, a company controlled by South African President Jacob Zuma's friends, the Guptas, said members of the family resigned from its management and board following a sustained political attack. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate it. We finished strong for the week, folks. We're thrilled to bring you Yusef Squally of Cantor Fitzgerald uh, right now. Uh, to give you perspective, there's a ranking system on the Bloomberg, and it's stunning how Yusef has um, terrific rankings across Amazon, Alphabet, Facebook, LinkedIn, and others as well. He joins us now, of course, on the soap opera du jour, Yahoo. You just have to protect you. I want to make clear, folks, there's a lot of speculation and rumor uh, in this uh, discussion. Yusef, will, will Marissa Mayer be involved in these negotiations, or has she basically been pushed aside by the board? Hi, Tom. So uh, my understanding is that Marissa Meyer is not involved in these negotiations, not because he got she got pushed out um, by the board uh, for any reason other than um, she is a potential uh, bidder um, if it comes to having uh, a couple of private equity guys yeah. uh, participate. So that, that's right where I wanted to go. I mean, we've got Alphabet yeah. in play and Verizon in play. You know, I think of you and Mark Mahaney and all the others that follow the company, do you just presume that, and I'm going to pick David Rubenstein, the Carlisles of the world jump in? I mean, do you just assume that's going to happen over the weekend? It, it may happen. So remember, they actually extended the deadline to the to the 18th. So all these bidders have an additional week to think through things. But um, we still think Verizon probably makes the most sense, only because Verizon already owns AOL. They have a strong man in uh, Tim Armstrong running AOL. In fact, we remember that Tim has made some overtures to uh, Yahoo and to Marissa before they got acquired by Verizon to try to get together and now under the umbrella of, of Verizon, he's got even a stronger hand. But going back to um, private equity, yeah, I, we think private okay. equity could definitely be playing a big role, but I don't think they can pay as much. To review, it's a small company. Like $5 billion in revenue is a reach, to say the least, and I believe that's descending within the plan. It's shocking. They have a 10%, maybe at the most 15% EBITDA margin. What's the excitement? Well, 
the excitement is what you could do with it, right? I mean, the company, to your point, has been melting ice cube for the last three years plus, and Marissa, with all the investment that she's made, it hasn't really panned out all that well. That said, taking in into a Verizon that already has an AOL, um, taken into Google or Alphabet, not sure whether that really will happen, but theoretically taken into another entity, stripping out a great amount of, of, of uh, uh, cost, realizing some synergies, you could dramatically increase the, the profitability. This is a company that employs way too many people for its size, way too many people. Well, one uh, area where they have people is Yahoo Japan. Verizon says they're willing to talk about buying it, but why? What, what would they do with that? Um, I suspect there, there are only two things they can do. They can either uh, uh, sell it. Um, outright to SoftBank, or they can um, distribute it to shareholders and let shareholders do something with it. But Verizon, as an entity, strategically, there is really nothing uh, there for them. Well, here's the bottom line question, and uh, uh, Matt Levine, writing for Bloomberg uh, View today, really sums it up. Uh, the prize in the middle of this box that you, is one of those boxes you have to untangle is the Alibaba shares. Who gets them in the end, and how do they get there? So um, Alibaba would not be part, at least as of our understanding now, Alibaba is not part of the Verizon negotiations of the of the, the Google negotiations and certainly not part of the private equity negotiations. So the way it would work is that they, uh, the buyer would only buy Yahoo Core. They may buy Yahoo Japan, to your point. Um, and then the rest will basically continue to trade in the open market as a stub to Alibaba, the company. So we all just wait for them to monetize. You buy the stock of you know what's left and, and wait for them to sell the Alibaba shares. Correct. Well, as a shareholder, you'd get some sort of consideration for your ownership of Yahoo Core plus mm-hmm. Yahoo Japan, and you'd keep a stub, you'd keep a, a, a share of Alibaba or some fraction of the share of Alibaba based on your ownership. Yes, and then you can do anything with it. You can sell it in the open market, or you hope that maybe Alibaba and does a major buyback yeah. and buys it from you. At thirty six thirty nine per share, is there an arbitrage opportunity here? I understand your sell side and you have a responsibility to look long term and to measure risks, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. are you storming around Cantor Fitzgerald today saying we gotta do this, we gotta do that? <laughs> We've waited too long. We've this this saga has been going on for two or three years and everything yeah. every, every every time we thought something was gonna happen immediately it didn't. So we're we're holding our breath this time around because there is a deadline. <laughs> That's a CFA. That's in CFA level three, guys. The hold your breath strategy. What's it's too right, mathy right. for me? What's well, the strategy? think there is arbitrage. Right. We absolutely do think there is arbitrage because there is really absolutely no value put on 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 core right now. And to your point earlier, it's probably worth somewhere between you know five to to, to seven billion dollars. Okay, what's the CFO do? I mean, my experience is follow the CFO in all this. Ken Goldman would be part of, you know, some private equity coming in to compete against Verizon or Google? Correct. That's my, that's, that's our understanding. If, if, uh, if private equity mm-hmm. ends up deciding to, to make it. Okay. Don't be a stranger. Someone I think will talk to you Monday. Yusuf Squally, thank you so much. With Cantor Fitzgerald, a nice briefing there on, uh, Yahoo. I want to make clear, 
Uh, Mike, what a train wreck for so long. You know, yeah, well, the whole idea of waiting too long. I mean, I guess I could lie. If, if I own shares in Yahoo, I could lie and say I don't own them. But yeah. I'm pleased to say I never have. It. You know, I mean, some people have made some money in this thing. Yes. Uh, well, and Matt Levine really sums it up well it, when he talks about this in his piece. He also has a great uh, – well, he he's talking about the Philadelphia 76ers in basketball. And the, the general manager, Sam Hinkie, uh, resigned – and he resigned by writing a resignation letter in the form of a hedge fund annual letter to its clients, which mm-hmm. Matt finds very hilarious. But as he points out, um, everybody wants to be a contrarian these days. And in its simplest yeah. form, contrarianism is a thing's price goes down and you buy it. Or in the case of many money managers, you buy it. Its price goes yeah, down, and then you say, "I found deep value in my portfolio." And deep value is the new phrase. You hear it everywhere. And you know, folks, I'm going to go back to the you know, and and what has been a very strange week. And we're honored by our guests that have appeared with us to give us wisdom. There's a linear function within all that we do, whether it's finance or economics. And at the back end is this mysterious thing, epsilon, the Greek letter. It looks like an E, mm-hmm. sort of a rounded E. I don't think anybody in the architecture of our system has a clue what that epsilon is right now. I mean, I'm still, I, Olivier Blanchard said to me today, he does not believe in negative interest rates. That's profound. I mean, that's a big deal that a guy like that would just flat out state it. They're not going to fix things. Bizarre. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, what's your What's your wisdom? We got retail sales next week. Do we? Yeah, uh, we probably do. The thirteenth. Um, then uh, that's going to be important because they they didn't do so well last month, and we also saw car sales go down. So maybe we're going to um, right. We're going to have issues. Forty seconds. The savings rate is up. Chris Lowe mentioned it earlier. Is the savings rate up good for America, Michael McKee? Uh, it's one of those things you got to put in context. If it's up, and the money's being used. Uh, to invest in uh, growth, uh, yes. If it's up and people are just basically hiding it under the mattress, no. Which seems to be... The uh, paradox of thrift. If everybody saves at once, well, it's good for each individual and not for society as a whole. In one of the 45 articles on Japan this weekend, mysterious about strong yen, there was an entire article about, I'm going to guess, 10,000 yen notes because so many people are keeping money under the mattress. Yeah. As the phrase goes in Japan to show the distortion. This has been a great week. We've had just fantastic uh, guests Thank for you. you we thank all of our team. Yes. Uh, all of, except YU. He did nothing. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it's been He's, great. We he can't let it go. We, we particularly thank Lisa Abramowitz for showing up today from Bloomberg Gadfly. We are produced by Bowden. It's his birthday. I was paid to say that. Ken Fellio, our global technical director from New York, Bloomberg Surveillance. <laughs> 